Good evening and welcome to What the Friday. I hope you've had a very good week. Tonight I'm going to be telling you the story of a Polish serial killer who is better known by his alias George Chapman. Stick around for the details. Welcome to What the Friday, an After Dark series presented by mystery, murder, and magic. Listener discretion is advised. George Chapman was born in a Warsaw, Poland village in 1865. As a teenage boy, he apprenticed under a surgeon and would often assist in bloodletting with leeches. And a few years later, he enrolled in a practical surgery course that lasted only three months. And once he completed that course, he served as a nurse or a physician's assistant at a hospital in Warsaw. As an adult, he moved to London and settled in the East End. Shortly after he arrived in London, he started working as a barber's assistant, and soon afterwards, he opened his own barber shop. In 1889, George married a young Polish girl named Lucy, and the couple had two children together. In 1891, the family moved to the United States and settled in New Jersey, where George found work in a barber shop. George and Lucy started arguing a lot, and once while she was pregnant, he attacked her, like brutally attacked her, and later he said that he had intended on killing her. Well, with that, Lucy packed up and went back to London, and who could blame her? After moving back to London, she gave birth to the couple's daughter. George soon showed back up in London, and for a little while, the couple reconciled their differences but that didn't last long. When that marriage ended, he met a woman named Annie Chapman. Soon the two were sharing a home, and he had taken on her last name. And the only reason I've been referring to him by his alias is because I struggle to pronounce his Polish name. But anyway, this is when he took her last name, and after a year of living together, George brought in another woman to live with him. Well, Annie was pregnant, and it didn't sound like that she agreed to the other woman moving in with them, so she left. And when the baby was born, George did nothing to support the baby or Annie. And around this time, he started working in another barber shop. Seems that George was quite the ladies' man, huh? Well, over the years, he had several mistresses, and three of those mistresses died because he killed them. The first of those mistresses to die was a lady named Mary Isabella Spink. The two had met while George was working at a barber shop. Spink was known as an alcoholic. Her husband had left her and taken their son with him. Not long after meeting George, the two pretended to be married and opened a barber shop together. Their business was really never successful, so they moved it to a richer part of town and offered what they called musical shaves. Spink would play a tune on the piano while George shaved the clients that came in. Sounds weird, but whatever floats your boat. But this actually became wildly popular, and the couple was making tons of money. But all was not well on the home front. The woman who lived in the same building as they did said that she had often heard Spink screaming in the middle of the night, and she would often have bruises and abrasions on her face and marks on her throat. Well, eventually, their barber shop lost popularity, and they closed up shop. 
George went to work managing a pub, and it was here that he poisoned Spink with tartar emetic. And it causes a very painful death, which is a lot like arsenic poisoning. Soon after Spink died, George hired Bessie Taylor to be the restaurant manager, and they soon were in a relationship. But like before, he became abusive to her, and he would often scream at her and threaten her with a gun. Well, soon she started having the same symptoms that Spink had had, so George packed up their stuff and they left town, just so that no one put two and two together, or at least not in that town. Well, the couple settled in Hertfordshire, but Taylor continued to get sicker and sicker. She even had surgery, but she couldn't get over her, quote, sickness. The two moved back to London, and he began running the Monument Tavern, but Taylor ended up dying right there in 1901. He also tried to commit arson on that tavern, but he was unsuccessful with that. Well, later in 1901, George hired Maud Marsh as a barmaid, and history repeated itself. The two entered into a relationship, he abused her, and she was also poisoned to death. Well, by the time Maud Marsh died, people were getting suspicious, so an investigation was opened by the police. They found that Marsh had been poisoned, and when the other two were exhumed, it was found that they had been poisoned too. In those days, an indictment for murder could only carry one count, so George was only charged with the murder of Marsh. And on the 19th of March in 1903, he was found guilty of the murder and was hanged for it the following month. But there's more to this story. When George was arrested, a detective from Scotland Yard told the policeman who had arrested George that at last he had arrested Jack the Ripper. He even said that in two newspaper interviews. This detective's name was Frederick Aberline. And he originally thought that George was Jack the Ripper because during his original investigation, he had talked in depth with George's first wife, Lucy, and she had told Aberlin that George used to go out at night for hours and hours. According to Lucy, he would go out carrying a small bag and not return at, until at least like 4.30 a.m. Well, over the years since then, there has been a lot of speculation among law enforcement and writers, too, that George was perhaps Jack the Ripper. And the main thing that is leading them to feel that Chapman was the Ripper was that it's very well known that he was a misogynist. He beat all of his so-called wives and exhibited, exhibited other violent behavior. It's also believed that George arrived in Whitechapel around the same time that the first Jack the Ripper murder took place. Plus, his description matched the man who was last seen with Mary Jane Kelly, who was the fifth victim of Jack the Ripper. And get this, those murders stopped when George moved to the United States. So did he move to the United States to escape the truth? Seems likely, but we may never know. Now, all of this could be a coincidence because there are a few inconsistencies. 
And mainly there's the one that is very unlikely that a serial killer would change their method of murder. All of Jack the Ripper's victims had been mutilated. George's women's had been poisoned. Or could it be that he changed his method just to throw authorities off? Now, another doubt that George was truly Jack the Ripper is that he had just moved to the Whitechapel area around the time of the first murder, and he wouldn't have known his way around as well as he should have, you know, to been to be able to navigate that area like he did. But like I said, we'll probably never know if George Chapman was truly Jack the Ripper. And I doubt we'll ever know the true identity of Jack. Now, on an upcoming episode, I will be doing a more in-depth show on Jack the Ripper, mainly because my mom requested it, but, you know, I think it's worth talking about. Well, that's it for tonight's What the Friday. Be sure to come back in the morning for the Weekend Weird Files. Y'all have a great night.